Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Aya, the head of the podcasting committee this year. Hi, I'm Ade, and I am just one of the team. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we are here with a author, and that is Bevan Adams. Hi. Okay, Bevan, can you introduce yourself for us? Yeah, hi. My name is Bevan Adams. I'm currently a second year here, majoring in global studies and sociology. Ooh, awesome. Okay, awesome. great. So to get started, um, like you said, we're talking about your amazing paper that you submitted to us called Rising of the Korean Wave in the United States of America from 2017 to now. So I guess, can you kind of introduce us to the topic, kind of what got you into it, kind of a couple things you go through in your paper? Yeah, so this paper is mainly focused on the Korean Wave or Hallyu, if you know it by that term. Um, and just basically the prominence it's had in the United, spa uh, United States, especially since 2017. But it mainly focuses more on 2020 and onwards, focusing on the COVID-19 pandemic and the recent cultural movements here in America and how those kind of actions and events and occurrences have allowed for like cross-cultural communication to kind of rise and allow for Korean cultural items to like be more prominent here in the United States. And I'm a global studies major and my region is uh, Asia. So at the time of this paper, I was taking a class called Asia 72, Transnational Korea, Literature, Film and Pop Culture. So I was already in a class that was like focusing on Korean culture stuff. And I'm like, wait, how am I taking a class on this? Like, this is obviously something like people want to discuss and like are interested in here. So I'm like, how did we get to that point? That class, what did you say it was called? It was called Transnational Korea Literature, mm. Film, and Pop Culture. Oh, so it went through, like, the whole thing. Yeah, so we went from, like, 1900s onward, and we were reading, like, uh, short stories. We were watching television shows and watching movies. And, like, it was cool because we watched movies from, like, the 60s. So it was, like, black and white and, like, super fast. But it was focusing on the immigrant and emigrant emigrants' experience in and out of Korea. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, why were people moving out of the country? Why were people moving into the country? And then also, like, what do their works mean? Like, what does it mean for those experiences? Wow. And then the 60s, I'm such a bad granddaughter because my granddad fought in the Korean War. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Is that at the, I'm assuming that's after occupation, correct? That's way after. Oh, way. Okay, Japanese yeah. occupation was 1910 to 1935. The 30s. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because I was just like, I, yeah. so that definitely, like, that influenced everything. Was that part of a lot of why people were moving away or was it economic? Yeah, a lot of it was like, it just depends on the time period. A lot of it was economic. Again, Korea wasn't like a big economic like powerhouse until just like the past 20 years. So a lot of it was like moving for better opportunities. But we also talked a lot about like, if you ever heard of the comfort woman, it was like being uh, forcibly yeah. taken out of the country. Mm -hmm. So we focused on a lot of different perspectives. A lot of it was also like trying to find work in different countries. Japanese occupation was like, uh, going to Japan and facing discrimination there versus Japanese people coming to Korea and like what that meant for them. So, yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to, I'm going to see if I can take that. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It's a freshman seminar. So it's oh, definitely, no. I know it sucks, but I was like, put me in that class. Like <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. So, okay. So we're just going to talk about the beginning of your paper, your introduction first. Um, so you basically already answered what got you into the Hallyu wave, like how you thought of this paper, but we were wondering, like, you mentioned BTS, Parasite, and Squid Games. Mm -hmm. Like, did you, are you a K-pop fan? Did you watch Parasite and Squid Games? Like, what did you think? And you, like, what's your... All of it. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. a lot. The but background, like, how much the story. Korean? Yeah. 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 
like how'd you get into mm. Korean media? Yeah, so I started hearing about it just like randomly. I love TikTok and Instagram. Like I'm on there all the time. It's really bad. I need to stop. <laughs> but like I started seeing like mentions of like BTS. I'm like, who are they? And I'm like, I know they're from Korea. So for a really long time, I was just like, no, I'm not gonna listen to it. I'm not gonna understand it. But it got to a point, they had their, like, big concert in 2021 in, like, L.A. and Las Vegas. It was, like, permission to dance or whatever. And oh, I was yeah. getting, like, thirst traps of oh. BTS. <laughs> and they like getting to you slowly. Yeah. And I was, like, I've never seen these people before. I'm, like, who are they? And I hate to be that person where I was, like, yeah, they were cute. That's why I, like, looked into that's them. That's how they get you. That's how that's they, they get, get you. you. But, like, I think that's when I slowly started to realize, like, wow, they were able to sell, like, a stadium in L.A., and I don't know who they are. Like, mm-hmm. let me let me go into this. And so I started listening a little bit, and I'm like, okay, like, this is solid. And then um, I'm very lucky where my stepdad, he's a very big movie person. Like, he loves media. He, like, bought me my first CD when, like, he moved in. Like, it's very cute. Like, that's how we kind of connect. Aww. So he loved Parasite. Like, he saw it in theaters. He loved it. And, again, I was kind of like, I don't watch a lot of movies, so I was kind of like, whatever. But he, like, made me watch it, and then when Squid Game came out, he was kind of like, kind of the same thing like you should watch it it's cool and then again it was all over my social media I didn't want to like miss out on it so that's kind of how I got into it like and I definitely enjoy it I've listened to a lot more like I've been to a couple of dance classes for like k-pop songs just because it's like a good way for me to like get exercise Mm -hmm. but like that's just kind of how I got into it like I was kind of like wanted to check it out because it was all over my social media Mm -hmm. I don't know how it got there but it did so So, after you I guess kind of got into a little bit more of Korean media and like BTS. I guess would you consider yourself a K-pop fan, a K-pop stan now, or were you just like I dip my toes? I like BTS. It's cool. Yeah, no, I definitely like a lot more groups now. I definitely mm. say I'm a fan. I've fallen out of it the past year just because I'm so busy. I feel like you have to like you have to stay a on schedule. Top. Yeah, yeah, there's so oh, much girl. stuff that it they release. Very fast. I, think I talked about it a little bit in my essay, but it's like they want you to get involved. They oh, want you yeah. to have that mm-hmm. parasocial relationship. I'm like. I don't oh, got yeah. time. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. I'm <laughs> in college. Yeah. And I'm like, I like I like the songs. I listen to them on my headphones. But I'm like, I can't be watching all like the reality TV show stuff they oh, got gosh, going on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But with those, like all the media and like kind of seeing how that media cycle works versus like what we do here, like with our music and our movies and media and things like that. How would you say the two different like cultures of media differ? Yeah, I think mainly focusing on music mm-hmm. when we have like a western artist here they'll release an album that album is probably like 18 songs like a solid 45 minutes mm-hmm. to an hour and then you don't expect anything from them for another two years mm-hmm. like you give them their time to create their craft and in korea those groups like it's just a lot more expedited so they're releasing albums every couple of months but they're only like four to six songs long they're like 15 minutes to listen through mm-hmm. and just like I think they're just like they want that commercialism to go through and they want their idols to be on air and getting as much publicity as they want so it's like we're gonna work them and we're gonna just release as much music as possible and then I think also just like the main difference between like our television shows is like our shows now like our seasons aren't super long they're maybe like 8 to 12 Mm -hmm. episodes Uh, if you have sitcoms 30 minutes an episode Mm -hmm. drama maybe an hour over in Korea like every episode's gonna be an hour and 15 minutes and their seasons are 16 episodes. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a very standard, like, they have what they're going to do. They're always going to follow the script. So, and they have a lot more, I think, stereotypes they play into. Their television shows are a lot more, like, warm-hearted and light-hearted than ours are. Ours are darker, a little bit more focused on, like, gritty. yeah, the gritty is like, ooh, Riverdale. Like, we're going to go. Not yeah. Riverdale. 
we go in like 10 different directions you never know what's going on but like over there they're focusing like they have those stereotypes of like the girl falls in love with the boy the boy Mm -hmm. falls in love with the girl Mm -hmm. and then they do have their dramas that do differ but you're mainly going to find those rom-coms over there which i think is a lot different than here like i can barely find a rom-com to like watch on netflix that's a television show not just a movie yeah your paper discusses the Hollywood wave, um, and we were just wondering, could you give us and, like, the listeners an explanation of what the Korean wave is? And yeah. Like, so then versus now, like, yeah. kind of how it's flown. So the Korean wave was mainly, like, it's a government thing. Like, the government really, like, pushed this wave as a way of, like, soft power diplomacy, cultural diplomacy. And so the Hollywood wave started probably back in the 90s, but mainly in, like, Asian countries, so, like, China, mm-hmm. Japan and then other, like, Southeast Asian countries, where it's Korean cultural items such as music, film, television shows, um, even, like, art, um, stuff like that, clothing, and they're um, broadcasting it in other countries. So they're putting their songs, like, out on their version of Spotify or, like, putting on the radio. Television shows are going to, like, the, like, streaming platforms or even just wherever you play television. I'm so young. Like, I forgot where we used to put them on. <laughs> the broadcast networks. Broadcast networks. Uh-huh. On, the, on the thing. In the, the thing. The wires. <laughs> and so it's really started in the 90s as a way for Korea to, like, slowly grow those, like, diplomatic ties with countries. And then as the years have progressed, Korea has become more of a develop, developed country. Um, they've started shifting their focus to Western countries, so, like, the United States, Europe, stuff like that. And they pushed it more just, like, in that general vicinity. And so, again, it's, like, using those cultural items, bringing them to the West, and using it as a way to, like, get power in those countries. So that's kind of just, like, a very basic definition of Hallyu or the Korean wave is just getting those cultural items into other countries and out of Korea. Mm -hmm. And could you also, like, give people an explanation of soft power? Because, like, not everyone's into politics like we are. I know. And, like, I get what you're saying, but, you know. Yeah. So soft power, when we think about, like, political ties between countries or, like, diplomatic ties, you think normally, like, you're making agreements and alliances based off economic power or based off of, like, joint military exercises, stuff like that. So soft power is more of a way of, like, kind of, like, inching your way into a country and using um, something that's not, like apparently dangerous or anything like that so you're not using guns you're not using money you're using something like television shows or k-pop idols to go into those countries and kind of start making a network for you and getting them in there and then because of that soft power you start to have those diplomatic ties with other countries so it's just a way to like start making those alliances Mm -hmm. just by doing that because i don't know if you've noticed but like korea definitely sends their idols to political discussions. BTS was in the White House, but they also have actors and stuff going Mm -hmm. to, like, um, Asian summits and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So Mm -hmm. it's like they're using those idols and their popularity, both in Korea and in other countries, to get what they want. Yeah, because I think BTS also was, like, at the UN. They were at the UN. I remember that. They're Korean cultural ambassadors. Yeah. They like didn't do military service because... Because, yeah, yeah. they almost got out of it. (laughs) But then, like... They were like, oh, it, yeah. <laughs> the national politics were like, no, you gotta go. You still gotta go. Sorry, we get it. You're like super famous, but you gotta do it. You have to do. You're like everyone else still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, your paper says it's answering one question um, that it's trying to answer one question, and the question was, 
what has changed in American society in the past five years to facilitate the widespread rise of popularity of Asian cultural products from the Korean wave? Mm-hmm. And so, like, basically, how did you land on, like, that time frame and, like, what about the past five years and, like, what you've seen that's, like, this is definitely when it happened? Yeah, I think as I kept looking through all, like, my pieces of data, it was very much looking through, again, cultural items and then, like, articles based on those and then social media posts. Um, I started to just really notice, like, the popularity did begin to rise in the past five years. And so that's kind of why I focus on that time point. And then I just realized, like, the effects of COVID-19 was, like, just huge. And it led to a lot of stuff. It led to cultural movements like Black Lives Matter being just more apparent in media same with the like stop asian hate and so i think that was something where i was like i think this like time period was a catalyst for other things which Mm -hmm. led to an opening of like people being more connected through social media and like internet and like looking for community and that's why like i focus on that because i was like i think an average day american is more likely to see it in this time period than probably like before 2015. Um, and social media has always been so close with uh, Korean media, especially K-pop, to where it's like seeing how quickly, like in the time frame that you've you've put in your paper, seeing how that really has sped up, especially because we were all kind of forced to be on our phones most of the time, especially during lockdown, that that kind of accelerated, like people who wouldn't normally engage with like those spaces, those groups, those fandoms, all of a sudden are like, What's this? Yeah. Oh, mm. what? What's an army? Oh my god. <laughs> Who's <troops>? Luna? <laughs> the troops? <laughs> Who is Luna and why the do orbits? I need to stand them? <laughs> oh my god, I do remember the stand Luna. I miss when people would just call me Stan Luna. Out of thing. nowhere. That out so of funny. nowhere. Do you remember that one like video of that mm-hmm. guy who was in like Big Time Rush and he was talking? Yes. The Gustavo yes. guy. And he was like, and he was like, um, yeah, Stan Luna. And everyone was like, <laughs> everyone <"You> lost it. <laughs> It was such a weird, weird time. Like, especially, I'm glad you brought up the pandemic because that was kind of one of the one of the parts that stood out to me because I was like, yeah, yeah. Because especially with, like, the comfort shows, Parasite was huge. Train to Busan, which I think had came out the year prior, became even bigger because everyone was, like, watching it on Netflix. And it was amazing. If you haven't seen it, you should watch Train to Busan. Gong Yu? Like, having him as the lead, they knew exactly what they were doing. Oh, they did it. Oh, they did it. But it was so... It really was, like, a boom in in K-dramas, just K-content in general. And one of the things that you said in your paper was, um, Korean shows shifted from a niche cultural taste to mainstream culture, and lockdown led to an increase in um, media viewership, especially on, uh, specifically on Netflix and, mm-hmm. you know, Parasite and everything. And I guess, one, I wanted to ask, do you have a favorite K-drama? Oh my gosh, I love My Beloved Summer. Oh! I like cried, it was so cute. Oh my gosh. I love that. I think, to touch back on what you said before about like the differences in American media, American shows and things like that, and Korean media and shows, is that it's so much more tender. Mm -hmm. And like, you can watch like how many episodes, like almost to the next episode, and they haven't even made any physical contact. Yeah. Like they haven't even held hands. <laughs> yes. Or the, the the hand grab from like yes. ten different angles. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, not the grab. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, 
It is two minutes. And it's like they're staring at each other and they will turn and look and it's like, are you holding my hand? <gasps> I'm holding your hand. Like, it's so dramatic, but something about that is just so touching. It's so heartwarming. It's like, like less is more or like I've seen people online be like it's like the female gaze yes. like yes. <laughs> yes. So probably exactly written by a, written by a woman <laughs> like all yes. definitely written yes. by women. yes because it's just it's just so heartfelt and a lot of it is like conflict like mm-hmm. spoken conflict based so I just communication no, oh gosh yes. girl that Walking in at the wrong moment, seeing oh, something, asking yes. no questions, yes. and then walk out oh and God. delete the number, oh avoid yes. them until oh. they meet together in the rain, and they With hug the, no, the hug. That's what it is for all those like reconnecting mm-hmm. dramas. It's always like miscommunication. Mm-hmm. They just never spoke about it, and they just yep. ignored each other. And yep. then they like finally talk about it like twenty years later, like Buki. <laughs> we could have like, solved it. <laughs> Just helping the girl out. Yeah, like, like, it would literally be like helping a girl up that fell. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh. <laughs> but true. It's just, it's like, what so. Like, what was she supposed to do? Like, just kick her while she's already down? Right. Yes. No, like, God forbid you be nice to another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then also about, like, kind of, like, the internet and, like, more K-media. K um, from your paper, you referenced the TikTok K-drama community. And um, another piece was the the K-pop industry itself relies heavily on digital content to gain popularity with fans, which can lead to fans meeting each other as well as unintentionally forming parasocial relationships, um, one-sided relationships where one person extends emotional energy, um, interest in time with K-pop idols. So Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that kind of how you did in your paper. Yeah, so I think we talked about it a little bit earlier with all those like reality shows. Mm -hmm. So BTS kind of started with Run BTS, or maybe Seventeen did with their show, but because the Seventeen one is crazy. They have so many episodes. It's so popular. It's funny. But now all these idols have these reality shows on top of all their other stuff, but they're always on... I've noticed, like, there's this big wave of, like, TikTok right now where they're always posting their dance on TikTok and they're, like, performing with people from other groups. Yeah, the challenges. And so, but they also, like, they do these fan meets online. And so even if you're an international fan, you can buy an album and maybe win a chance to talk to them in person. And you can win multiple times. So it's like, oh, my God, they remember me. They're my best friend because I have bought an album to win a chance to talk to them for a minute before sometimes maybe how in the 17 he needs oh. to start smiling because he's no he's funny though life. I, like, I love him though because if you look at his interviews he's probably the only one where he's like I'm not here to be your friend no, I'm not your so I'm not your boyfriend he's no. like I am a performer and I'll he's talk to you and I'll be polite mm-hmm. but he's like Mm-mm, you don't know me and yes. he's like, I'll be nice to you, but don't be acting like... And I think that's, like, a big thing. I wish like, more more idols did that, because that would ex- establish a little bit more of a boundary. Because yeah. some people straight up are like, this yeah. is my boyfriend. We are yeah. together, and it's, they don't know it. The thing is, I can't tell, because they're, like, they're micromanaged to oh, the yeah. gods. I can't tell if they're allowed to. Oh, like, to allow, allowed to put that boundary? No, Yeah, definitely. I feel like some of the ones money. that do yeah. are, like, going got, on a limb. The ones that... Don't, I'm like, I feel like they want to, like, Mark from mm. NCT. Oh, my God, Mark. Mm. Poor Mark. Like, poor Mark. This one girl started singing or playing the flute or something. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like, I've heard people, people are, reveal, like, their, like, traumas to them. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, their secrets and, like, the things that have happened to them. And it's like, 
Oh. I sing a song <laughs> about stickers. Yeah, about <laughs> stickers like a sticker. Oh my gosh! I'm like, I don't think like as a per like just me as a human being. I don't think I can handle that. Just like call after call after call. You don't know what's gonna happen. It's like Omegle. It's worse actually. It's like paid it's worse. Omegle. <laughs> you have to be nice to them. Yes. And I feel like the more popular your group is, the more like mm-hmm. freedom you have to be like don't talk to me that right. way but it's like for those younger groups the ones that aren't in these like big companies because in korea it. there's big companies and if oh, you're God. if you debut in a big company you're more likely to be successful mm-hmm. so if you're not in those big companies and you're in a group that debuted you have to work for your fans and yeah. that part of that is yeah i gotta post these tiktoks and i gotta take these calls and mm-hmm. i gotta make those parasocial relationships because yeah. if they don't like me they're not gonna buy my stuff and, and I want to. I want to succeed. So right. crazy that the K-pop idol marketing is like, as the term suggests, idols. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't call them like K-pop stars or no. like K-pop like performers. <laughs> yeah, like, K-pop dudes. idols. I feel like like that's so intentional because yeah. you're not really like yeah. the intention isn't that they're human. They're like above no. human. Yeah, idols. they're like a. Pro- they're literally like a product. Yeah, that gets the amount marketed. of investment that goes mm-hmm. into them because like their personalities are. Like you don't know these people. Like there's always like a there's always like a, a nice one, a like mm-hmm. a, a like one that's yeah. like super dark and mm-hmm. like a bad boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even with the girls, they're like, oh, she's so girl crush. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There's always like the cute, smiley one. Mm-hmm. There's always like the clumsy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I mean, that happens in the West too. Like One Direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Even though it was like Nile was like the Irish one, <laughs> yeah. the was the brown one, but like. <laughs> That was still what it was. Harry was the pretty one. The one who wears pants. The one who wears plaid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, but I feel like, especially in K-pop, it's so much more like market research based or or like, it it could be completely different from like your personality, but they're like, you're this one. So Mm -hmm. you have to act Mm -hmm. like this anytime in like the the yeah. the public which i know is probably really really Crazy. hard yeah. it's very very hard and, and also i recently i found out about bubble Mm-hmm. Which is oh yeah, yeah I I've heard it referenced, but I didn't understand how it went. I thought it was just like cacao talk or something, but no, no. you're paying you. Okay, so from what I understand, <laughs> it and correct me if I'm wrong, but Bubble is a subscription service that you can pay for that idols kind of post on there, like it's their social media, but they send they send messages directly to their fans mm-hmm. and they can use them at like a certain amount of frequency. They can just say, hi, what's up? Or good morning, guys. Like I'm eating soup or something like that. And that is mm-hmm. insane. It's wild, yeah. Like you, one, you're, they're getting more money, yeah. but then that pressure to like interact with people on Bubble, but it's like you're like, I, I don't want to be on my phone. That's yeah. extra content. Like you're literally creating content like 24 mm-hmm. seven and you never really get a break. You are the content. That's yeah. what yes. it is. Like you are the content. Mm-hmm. And like, I, is Bubble like just SM? I think it might be because I know it's like, it. there's uh, different no, ones, right? I think, isn't JYP on Bubble? I think I know so. Stray Kids has a messaging oh, service because everyone's like, "Oh, I'm gonna pay my six dollars to get all like, and then $6? I'm gonna pay yes, and it's not cheap. That's six dollars a month. Yeah, a month. I'm pretty sure. And then, like their contracts, I read at least for like Stray Kids under JYP, they only have to do one message a month. 
So imagine mm. like you're paying that six dollars and then you get one message and it's just I hi. Mean, let's mm. be fair, I would do that if I were straight kids because like I don't want to. Oh yeah. Yeah no, I think um, Bubble is JYP. Bubble JYP. And the thing is Luna? like the 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 Luna. what is the word the relationship that they have with the public is so invasive that it's like if you suit like. People are like, if they win, I'm still not going to stand them. I'm still not going to buy their stuff because, like, all of this for what? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, people really do sympathize with the companies Mm -hmm. to a certain point. Mm -hmm. But it's like... Well, people will be like, well, I'm a hype stand. It's not not like, oh, I like an iPhone or Tomorrow by Together. That's a company. It's hype. That is a capitalist country. They want your money. Thank you. The same people who are starving these children, these children, starving them. Mm Mm-hmm them and making them dance for like 12 hours yeah, a day. Yeah, the people who are debuting literal like 12 year old babies. Again, they're hi. getting younger. Mm-hmm. New jeans? The There's... oldest one is my age, 2004. Oh my god. The youngest one's like 14. Isn't like 14? Yeah. Or mid, they're 14, yeah. 15. The, the amount yeah. of investment that people have to the point where like creative directors controversy that yeah. they stir up just to get just to get uh, uh attention yeah. because it's such a saturated market. What is it? I know you all, you kind of brought it up a little bit before, but um, I know you touched on kind of the racial movements, especially during the pandemic. Everyone is more on their phones, but at the same time, we're going through this huge, like, (laughs) cultural upheaval. The second, what, like the 20,000th already. Everything keeps happening. We're living through too many um, historical events too often and I can't handle it um in your paper you called out um President Donald Trump's Tulsa rally was prevented from being successful due to k-pop fans reserving the tickets and not showing up to the event as a protest against Trump's pro-white agenda I remember this yeah and that was insane it's wild and then like you see his tweets and all the replies are just like a fan cam of like mm-hmm. their k-pop idol mm-hmm. like it's wild like the, the, the com like the camaraderie the teamwork it was mm-hmm. wild yeah oh my goodness i feel like the only people who could like bully donald trump into submission is like a horde of k-pop stands. no literally yeah. because like let's be real donald trump he's eating the girls up oh yeah <laughs> he's eating them up he really like is. especially ronnie like mm-hmm. ronnie does not stand a chance against don Pudding Ron. But like, <laughs> Ron the Sanctimonious. Like, Ooh. Donnie really is eating the girls up. Yeah. But I feel like the K poppies could probably handle them because they get. They've earned that ghetto. reputation. Like, they they've get they've earned it. Yeah. They've earned it. Because they're yikes. very rabid. Yes, they're rabid. When they all get on one one song, one voice, one accord, <laughs> they, get, they get things done. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think that also that's another thing that ties into parasocial relationships. If the company doesn't do something that they want, they send protest trucks. <laughs> yeah. They, they, oh they will petition the there high was like a court. recent thing, too, where yes. it's like, oh my gosh, all the trucks they bought because, yes. oh, it was a knife and dancing with girls. Yes. Y'all, they are grown men. They are grown men. Let them dance with that Wait, girl. And who? And oh, I the fan? Bite Me, remember? Oh, yeah, Bite yeah. Me. And then, like, the K-pop fans sent, like, they were international fans. Mm-hmm. They sent, like, international fans that's crazy and i was like y'all the dance kind of ate you can't be mad at them for dancing with girls it wasn't even the worst co-ed k-pop dance that has happened ever the 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 hive mind (laughs) (laughs) yes that that comes together i'm I'm sure this fueled by those parasocial relationships how they're all coming together for one goal but i guess can you kind of speak a little bit more about how that 
aside from Donald Trump's um, uh, rally, how they took that over, but kind of how that movement kind of influenced those different things like the Stop Asian Hate and um, the Black Lives Matter movement, like kind of how those tie into each other. Yeah, so I feel like these movements, they're minority movements in America, especially as my paper is focused on America, so that's kind of those protests that we're talking about. But um, you have these people who are already part of this community of K-pop. You have these likes, you have these interests, you formed your friendships, you formed that like Twitter, like mutuals, like, oh yeah, I'm going to follow you, you're going to follow me, I'm going to like and comment on your stuff. And when these events occur, people want to, like, speak out and do stuff like that. So, again, we're kind of talking about, like, they have that kind of hive mind, like, go against this. And I think because already, like, people in these communities, they know what it feels like to be marginalized. They know what it means. Even, like, like for liking K-pop in America, it doesn't matter yep. who you are, what, like, characteristics you have. You're already in a minority for liking yeah. Korean music in America. Yeah. So I feel like they have these communities and they, like, they just, like, they find these comforts and community within each other, and they use that to rise up against this, especially in, like, the Stop Asian Hate movement. Like, Korea is an Asian country. And so when you're having these movements, people who like K-pop are going to speak out against it. But also, even if you're not into K-pop, I, I touched on it a little bit in my paper for the Stop Asian Hate movement. When you're trying to find community, is going to lead you to these cultural products that people in that community absorb and appreciate. So a lot of that, like, all just comes together from these cultural movements where it's like, we're going to band together, we're going to, like, like stop this. And then, like, because I'm already feeling like like a minority, feeling discriminated against, I'm going to find communities that, like, will support me. And some of them do end up being the K-pop community for some of these people because they can find comfort. First off, in, like, what we talked about before, like, parasocial relationships, comfort shows, but also just, like, in the people in those communities that are willing to speak up and know what it feels like. And I know I talked a little, I don't think I touched on it in my paper, but when I was doing research, a lot of people were mad at, like, K-pop companies for not speaking out. So, like, yeah, especially during the Stop Asian that. Hate yeah. movement, like, a lot of people were, like, emailing Hype, like, why is BTS not saying anything? So, like, they also band together because they expect accountability from mm-hmm. the things that they like yeah. or the groups they like, the shows they like, the actors they like. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I feel like BTS is a special case because they are, like, global ambassadors. Mm -hmm. So, like, with that, like, accolade comes, like, a certain level of you got to speak up. Mm -hmm. Like, you are kind of the face of, like, K-pop and, like, k they're you the know, face like, of like Koreanness. They're like at this the, point. yeah, basically yeah. the face of Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, especially with like Stop Asian Hate, mm-hmm. and like, and they're also like the face of the UN, like too. Like mm-hmm. you gotta speak up. You can't be like, oh yeah, oppression. yeah. And then also because during that time, a lot of it because the U.S. is the U.S. So any East Asian looking person, mm-hmm. if someone has a problem with. Chinese people, mm, yeah. they're just going to assume that anyone that is East Asian is Chinese and target them. Mm-hmm. And so many of the people that did actually get really hurt were Korean and yeah. Thai and, and mm-hmm. Vietnamese, mm-hmm. weren't even Chinese. I mean, Chinese people did get hurt as well. But especially when there were Korean people in those crossfires, I think yeah. people who are so into that Kore- uh, Korean community, K-pop community were like, Y'all not gonna say anything. Like yeah. these are these are the people. <laughs> these yeah. are the people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that was also part of it too. Like since there is that 
that parasocial relationship, they do expect that kind of accountability from the the um, companies and then also the idols too. Because it's like y'all are the people there's a bit of racism at play they're mm. like oh because i like like and enjoy korean media i'm gonna support koreans or like east asian people oh, yeah mm. but it's not like as big of like oh i understand i care about other cultures it's like no yeah no these people are creating something that i'm consuming so i care about them yeah. you see what i'm yeah. saying it's oh, transactional yeah it's, yeah. Very. Mm-hmm. it's very like yes k-pop stands it a lot but like they're also like, there's room for critique, mm-hmm. and we are, like, for a real. safe space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are a safe no. space yes. for that critique. Safe oh, and yeah. brave space. I say, and I, like, one of my critiques and my argument, too, is, like, you create this fantasy. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I'm going to support Korean people. I want to go visit Korea, mm-hmm. but they expect like Seoul to be like clean and beautiful it's kind of like how Americans want to go to Paris and mm. it's like it's going to be this like French mm-hmm. dream of mine and then you get there and it's full of trash yeah. I'm a person too and I have my faults and so do everyone in Korea mm-hmm. and it's kind of like I can fetishize them as much as I want but that's not the reality mm-hmm. and so like I feel like that's what a lot of consumers miss out on so I think that critique is like so valid because they're going to do their hive mind for what they want yeah I love that you brought up fetishizing because, mm. oh, oh my God, God. the rise of the How You Wave has <gasps> led to a lot of fetishizing. It gave bad. birth to a lot of Korea boos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's bad. It's very bad. Yeah. yeah. But we were just yeah. like, when we were going through your article, we were like, she made a really good point about mm-hmm. the romanticization of Korean culture. Yeah. That, was perfect. Love, <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. We love that you talked about it because mm-hmm. I was in Korea over the summer and I was like, yes. girl, okay. she was on the ground. Place, People, yeah. obviously people don't look like K-pop idols. No. That was so obvious. But I went into Korea and I like thought I knew, like I thought I had like a good enough, you know, understanding that what I was seeing wasn't reality. Mm-hmm. But still the reality is like regular, regular people. Mm-hmm. Like this shirt I'm wearing, I got from Korea. <laughs> there we go. Like, it's just a shirt. People are yeah. like, oh my God, the clothes are so small. I'm like, y'all, for those of you who don't know, I'm a bigger girl. Like <laughs> this shirt fits fine. <laughs> like they, they're still like... I would never try pants in Korea, but the shirts, you know. Exactly. Top fit. Top fit. Yeah. On that note, one of the things that I think is the perfect, like, excuse me, like summation of kind of everything (laughs) that you just said was, unfortunately, the one problem that has stemmed from this connection to Korean media is the ignorance of actual life in Korea. Watching K-dramas as comfort shows, as well as connecting with idols in parasocial relationships, has led to a disillusioned idea of what living in South Korea is like. And that kind of like romanticization, yikes, of (laughs) Korean culture. So I guess, can you kind of give us your your, um, perspective on that as someone who studies the Korean language and has taken these classes and everything? No, it's like... I watch a show and it's gonna show you the best possible outcome. And it's gonna be, I feel like I've seen a lot of media where it's like, I'm gonna go to Korea and I'm gonna find the love of my life. He's gonna he's gonna hold an umbrella open for me. He's gonna save me from like the car, like oh, hitting me. If only. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you keep having, like because of the way their media is set up and the way they want consumers to consume it, especially like here in America to get us more interested in not just Korean media, but Korea as a country, as somewhere where, like, we want to have ties with them and we want to visit. It feeds into their tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, it just creates such a false perspective. And it's, like, I think it's very easy for people to fall into being, like, everyone's gorgeous. Everyone's going to look like Jungkook. Or it's going to be, like, I'm going to find love 
the business there is great. Like, life there is great. I'm going to live in an amazing apartment. I'm going to have money. The food there is always amazing and cheap. Like, it just creates these disillusions because they want you to be there. And I feel like people fall into that because it's their comfort shows. It's something that, like, it brings them a community that they can relate with. It brings them, like, happiness in their heart. And they don't want to, like, look at other sides of Korea or, like, look at the news and see what's going on in the news or um, just things like that. Mm-hmm. I think like, Korea as a whole, not yeah, just... Yeah, not just the perfect part. The media yeah. betrayal, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that just led... It just led to a lot of just, like, misinformation, um, mm-hmm. disillusionness, like just everything definitely definitely yeah that's yeah honestly like your paper was so cool to read like of (laughs) course as like two like k-pop fans like from from back in the day like yes but i just i really want to appreciate you touching on the topic and like really diving deep into those different things especially since it's changed so much Mm -hmm. over the years especially with BTS and and it's been pushed to the mainstream so quickly and mm-hmm. and so largely that it it's a really really cool topic to talk about and I really appreciate you coming to talk yeah. about it with us. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah, thank you for coming. Is there like do you have anything else that you want to talk about? It's been a year since I did this project. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot has changed. I feel like I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but like. This summer, Past Lives came out in theaters, which ah. is a movie that's both in Korean and in English. And then, like, you have groups like Tomorrow by Together releasing songs with the Jonas Brothers. Heard. So I feel like, just, like, because I have that year gap of my research, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's just a really cool avenue to start looking into is, like, these collaborations. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, it's no longer, like, oh, American movies are being shown in Korea, uh, uh, Korean songs are being played on the radio. It's mm-hmm. now, like oh, we're having these Korean groups sing songs with American groups. Yes. We're having these movies that are in both languages and premiering in American theaters. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's just, like, a really cool discussion. It was, like, something mm-hmm. I was thinking about when I got y'all's email. I was yeah. like, hmm, further research. I was like, yes. that's just something, like, cool, like a continued collaboration, like mm-hmm. an advancement on just, like, the Korean wave. It's like, how do we, like, get both together? And I definitely see it being a lot more successful now because there's been so many attempts in the past to like break into the U.S. market and it's always fallen a little flat. But I think now it's like it's kind of working. Yeah. Yeah. It probably was like BTS and their like successful English songs mm-hmm. that made them realize. I think the songs are also like popular in Korea too. Oh, they yeah. are. Yeah. It's BTS. Yeah. Like, it's something you would listen to like when you're like shopping in the mall. Like mm-hmm. you, yeah, like right, like you would hear it just like, <laughs> like as you're picking out shirts, like yes. you know, like very commercial. <laughs> Uniqlo. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> picking out my my <laughs> elevated basics. <laughs> but like it, 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 it works. It's like mm-hmm. songs that you would hear in like the background of like an old Navy commercial. Oh girl, we could sit here and talk about K-pop <laughs> all day. But all day. again, thank you so much yeah, thank for you talking for us. Thank you for submitting. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And yeah, this is this is our episode. This is the end of our author interview with Bevan Adams. Woo! Yay! Definitely. Um, what is it? Check out our upcoming episodes. We have a couple planned coming up, so stay tuned for that. And thank you for listening. <laughs>